in the toy section than the kid who hangs the fingers from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero. I keep telling you that, but you keep pushing it on me. I don't know what to do, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get it's going to get a lot less weak. We're going to do a popular topic around here. It's the At The Movies Catch-Up Edition. I'm going to talk about three different movies I saw. One of them was called Sully. One of them was called Deepwater Horizon. Then there was another one called The Secret Life of Pets, an animated one. I like uh, that a lot. We're going to talk about ironic clothes, all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a fun episode. I think that you are going to enjoy the ride at any rate. Let's move on into the episode. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. Welcome to the future. You know, man, we we work hard to be on the future tip. But right now, we're going to talk about the past. We're going to look back into the way that it used to be, the way that uh, the way that I used to dress. And back in high school, I kind of would rock hip hop gear. You know, sweat suits and like baseball hats and like flannel shirts and just you know whatever was in vogue at the time. Bag hats, bucket hats, like EPMD, that sort of stuff. But as I got out of school and kind of out into the world, into the the sort of not quite fully adult world and not quite fully kid world, I would rock a lot of like ironic gear, I, I think might be the way to put it. I don't know if that is right. I don't fully understand irony. I don't think that, I do recognize it when I hear it, but I sometimes, well, all the time, I would not be able to like, create an ironic statement. I just, I don't know. I don't understand it in that sense. It's weird to me. Irony doesn't make sense. But I think that when I say ironic clothes here, what I mean is I would wear, like, work gear for places I didn't work. I had this Otis elevator shirt that I liked a lot. I would wear hats from places that I had never been or places I'd never worked or events I'd never gone to, like, weird softball team hats or softball team shirts from, you know, like liquor store teams or things of that sort. Things that really had nothing to do with me. And I realized, in a sense, this wasn't my intent, but part of it was sort of that I think you were making fun of people who did that kind of stuff. You were making fun of, I had like a lot of bowling shirts. And I guess I was making fun of dudes who would be on bowling teams, even though I later myself was on a bowling team and had a, you know, a fantastic time. That's going to be an entire episode of this boring life. At some point, I'm going to talk about my uh, lifelong interest in bowling. But at the time I would wear, you know, bowling team shirts and make fun of the guy. Like there would be somebody named Merv and he would bowl for, you know, the KJ Winers, KJ Winery. And for whatever reason to my stupid young mind, 
I guess that 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 was funny. I don't. It doesn't make sense. But I think I think we've all gone through this. The other week we went to a football game, a high school football game, and I was checking out the kids in the stands, seeing what they were into, seeing what you know how they dress, just trying to get an idea. And there are still kids with like ironic gear. We sat near a kid who was wearing like a HVAC jacket with like Earl or whatever on it, and you know he it's still. It's still the way it is, uh, but I realize now, like, as I've aged, if I were to wear some of the jackets, like, I still have a lot of these jackets. I have a jacket, like, right here on my, um, on my chair that is actually for, you know, like, a, uh, airline flight maintenance company, and it has the name Dave on the pocket. I still have it, but if I were to wear this jacket today... Whereas at one time it would have been sort of an ironic statement. If I wore it today, people would just think that I were Dave and that I worked, you know, uh, refueling airplanes over at a Charles Schultz airport or whatever. If I wore my Otis elevator shirt and went somewhere, people would think that I was there to work on the escalator because I am at that age where I could, you know, conceivably be doing anything. I clean vents on a space station, but I could be doing anything. I could be the guy who fixes your car. If I wear a mechanic shirt, you're just going to think that uh, I'm that guy. You're going you're gonna to check me out when you, when you need your muffler repaired. I couldn't do that in real life, but if I were wearing the shirt, you might think I could. This, there isn't a big point to this story. It's just uh, an observation I had noticed on how I've aged out of ironic clothing. And I, I invested, like many a year in getting these shirts. I still have many, many, many of these shirts. They're in the the wife's closet way in the back, but I have many, many shirts. My ironic t-shirts are just, they're vast. I have like a a Toby Keith shirt with a flag on the back, which at the time I thought it was funny, man. Uh, Toby Keith was a billion record seller. And I'm just like, I don't know, making fun of the idea that people like him because he's kind of a hillbilly. Uh, I have, like, this Puff Daddy shirt. Now, I realize with the Puff Daddy shirt that I may have been hiding the fact that in reality I did like Puff Daddy. I just, I didn't want to admit it. I was into, like, backpack rap. You know, like, Company Flow or, you know, Tribe Called Quest or, you know, Ten Thieves. Just Lord Finesse. Like, these kind of groups that were more on the underground lyrical tip. And I would just not accept somebody wearing, like, a shiny suit and using pop beats and kicking pop rhymes as, you know, I'm being like a radio success. I just was not down with that. Uh, But now I realize that like while I did wear this puffy shirt trying to be ironic, you know, rocking my my hip hop gear wearing like a check me out, dude, puffy. You know, I got my backpack full of uh, cassette tapes, full of ultra magnetic MC cassette tapes and I'm wearing a puffy shirt. But this one was different because I realized, like, I hear Puffy on, uh, they, they play, like, classic MTV raps on, uh, M- MTV Classic, and I hear Puffy all the time now, and I'm, it's catchy, and I like how over the top it is. It's over the top hilarious, and I really dig that. I, I get it. I get it now. Puffy was trying for something different, but different than I thought he was. I think that he was unintentionally being comedically over the top in a way that has, added a value I didn't see the first time around because I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, maybe it's irony. I don't even know what that means. Uh, uh, anyhow, I just wanted to talk about ironic t-shirts and 
if you feel like you can commiserate with me, because at some points I do feel torn on how to dress, like, because I, I still have a lot of these shirts. I have a lot of weird shirts from workplaces, but if I wear a post office shirt, you're just going to think I work at the post office, and in a lot of ways that defeats the purpose. Uh, this also got me thinking, I wonder sometimes when you see dudes walking around in a post office shirt and you just go, oh, that's the postman. Maybe it's some um, some aging hipster just trying to be ironic. Who is to know? Anyway, sorry if that took so long, but, uh, you know, if you want to commiserate, hit me up at, uh, at IC Robots on Twitter. That's I-S-E-E Robots. Or even better yet, go join the Facebook group, facebook.com backslash IC Robots, I-S-E-E Robots, all one word. Go over there. I post a lot of stuff. If you want to communicate with me, that's the best way to uh, get a hold of me. And I don't mind if you do. All right, we're going to move into uh, the main main part of the show at the movies in a moment at the movies without ebert siskel or even that dude roper but you got icy robot so that's something right <laughs> see you tonight oh i miss her so much ever wonder see you later chloe what the pets we love <laughs> From the humans behind Despicable Me. Gucci <laughs> The Secret Life of Pets. Hello. Rated PG. The Secret Life of Pets. It's been out for a while. We saw this one on a Sunday. It was hot as a mug outside, man. It was... It was blazing. It was a hundred plus degrees. We were we were straight up dying. So what do you do when you're dying? You go see a movie, and sometimes it's hard to find one that might be appropriate for everybody. So when this happens, we uh, lean toward animation, especially if we have somebody else's kid at our house. And 2.0 had a friend staying the weekend, so we had to go air on the side of caution, so we went to an animated film called The Secret Alive of, uh, Secret Lives? The Secret Life of Pets is what it is. I don't know why I even made that mistake. I apologize. This was playing at the $3 theater. This is the one where I used to work with my boy Gino Vega back in the day. We were running things as the Broomtang Clan with a couple other, couple other dudes, dude named Maury, dude named James. There were two James, all sorts of cool guys. We were the best. We used to run this place with our uh, broomtang karate, but this is now, that was then, and the theater is a bit on the rundown side. They play second-run uh, movies for $3 a ticket. They get an altogether different town, uh, I mean, altogether different type of patron than the other theater. I hate to even say this, it doesn't sound nice, but our downtown area is overrun with homeless dudes, and a lot of times, they'll, you know, save up their three bucks, and they'll take in a movie. You know, they'll jump from movie to movie, and they will stay there all day, especially on a hot day like this, it makes sense. I would do the same thing, I have nothing against homeless dudes, but a lot of them, not a lot, some of them have, you know, they got, they got issues, man, that's why they're in the streets, and you don't get... A lot of normal interactions is what I will say, but we're in the lobby getting ready for the movie and a homeless fella, I'm assuming he's homeless, 
he might not be. He might have just been carrying all of his possessions with him that day. He he started beefing about the popcorn. I'm not sure what it was. Something with the butter. I don't know if it was too much or it was too uh, not enough. He he took the butter and the popcorn. He took the popcorn with the butter on it. And he was arguing his beef in and he said something I could not even understand. And he threw the popcorn at the wall. Now, to be fair, it was in the direction of the garbage can, but it didn't. It hit a Rogue One poster, flew everywhere, and that was that was our weird tale uh, for the $3 theater. Every time we go there, something happens, and the kids get upset, but I think it's important to expose them to weird things. You never know, you never know what life's going to throw at you, so you do need to see a homeless guy go berserk every once in a while just to... Just so you're prepared, man. You're prepared when it goes down. So we finally made it into the movie, and this is what I had wanted to see for a while. It's it's what happens to your pets when you aren't around. It's them them leading their their normal lives. What would be their normal lives? Let's hop over to let's hop on over to Rotten Tomatoes, and we will we will see what they say about this movie. I should have should have done that previously, uh, but. I did not, and I apologize. So, let's see. Secret Life of Pets on Rotten Tomatoes. It is presently sitting at 65% with the folks, with the dudes, me and you, and 75% with the critics. I I think that's accurate. It's good. It's good, not great. It stars Louis C.K. and Eric Stone Street as the two main dogs. Also, Lake Bell plays another dog that's involved in their activities, Kevin Hart's in it. I, I like uh, Lake Bell a lot. I think that, I think she, I think she's attractive, but I think she's talented. I saw her in a movie called uh, In a World, where she talks about, she's trying to break into voice acting. Uh, she, she has the opportunity to become the new In a World. God, they're going to go in a different direction, but there you know there's a bunch of obstacles thrown in her path thought it was quite good it might be on netflix if it is i would check it out it's definitely it's definitely better than the life of pets now the life of pets wasn't bad there were definitely for sure some laughs i i did laugh out loud many a times but it's just it's like it's lacking that special something that makes a movie like zootopia now you know, if it's if it's playing on TV and you have some kids over, it's perfectly fine. You guys will all have a good time watching it, but it's not it's not anything that you need to go see by yourself. It's nothing. It's already it's a, it's moving out of the theaters, so don't even sweat it. It will probably be on Stars in six months, so you can wait to see it at that point. Um, I gave it like three mics on the source meter. It was fine. Definitely worth three bucks and definitely fine if you're looking to get out of the sun or the rain or the snow or whatever. If you need if you need shelter, this is a perfectly fine movie. It's better than that, but if you do need shelter, this is a good way to spend a couple hours. Let's move into the next movie that we saw this week. This one's a small uh, film about an airplane and it is called Sully. Anyone still here? Come forward! You're scaring me, Sully. What is going on? It's not a crash. It was a forced water landing. Captain Stoneberger, have you had any troubles at home? 
You've been flying for nearly 40 years. It's been my life. My whole life. Rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX. Sully stars Tom Hanks with a mustache and Aaron Eckhart. It is directed by... Clint Eastwood. It's the story of Captain Sullenberger, who was a commercial airline pilot. One day while flying out of New York, a bird got into his engine. It stalled. He had no choice but to land his his plane in the Hudson River. It was an amazing moment. It was daring. It was brave. It was smart. Dude did it. He saved everybody. And this is... This is his story. The movie focuses mostly on the scrutiny he was put under by the FAA. They had to make sure that what he did was the right thing to do. There was some belief that maybe he could have turned around and made it back to the airport or landed in uh, another airport entirely. I think it was in New Jersey. And this is all about the inquiry. But it's better than that. It sounds... The part about the inquiry sounds boring, but I assure you the movie is not boring. It is quite interesting. It's quite exciting, especially if if you don't know the total story. I knew most of it for the most part. You know, I saw 2020 and all that junk, and I, I knew the deal. But when they flesh it all out, get down to the nitty gritty of everything. And when you, you know, when you see a reenactment of what happened, it is, it's quite good of course, Tom Hanks is great in it. His performance is fantastic, like always. Aaron Eckhart from The Core is his co-pilot, and he he's great, too. He has a fantastic mustache that he keeps, he keeps rubbing. You imagine pilots have mustaches, and both of them have terrific stashes. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. I... I thought it might be a bit boring, kind of kind of an old person movie. Not that I'm young, but maybe this is further evidence that I am in fact old. I enjoyed Sully. But I think that uh, any story of heroics and real life historics at that is just, just bound to be good. And with a great director like Eastwood at the helm... A great actor like Tom Hanks in it. I mean, what 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 else are you gonna get? It's gonna be great, and it's perfectly crafted, perfectly acted. You might be hearing about Hanks uh, around Oscar time. It's possible. There's always a possibility that you are going to be hearing about Hanks when it comes to Oscar time. That's just that's just the way it is. Dude is one of the best out there. The this is one of the things that I thought was interesting. Um, Sully. You know, he gets grounded after the accident while they're investigating everything. And, you know, he he's fearful that he knows he did what was right. But you never know how somebody is going to going to judge you. And he's not sure that it's going to go in his favor. And he's talking to his wife about how if, you know, if he if he doesn't get this taken care of soon, they're they're going to be in financial ruin. And. I, you know, I know that a commercial airline pilot makes a nice living. They should. They should be well paid. They have everybody's life in their hands. And it didn't appear as if he was living outside of his means. You know, he had a nice house and everything with his wife. But nothing, nothing extravagant. You know, he's not, he's not a uh, living it up rap video style. But he's afraid that he is going to be ruined if they don't take care of this quickly. So just... 
it just kind of goes to show that no matter how much money you make, it's almost like you still spend it all. So let that be a lesson, my dudes. It's not what you make, it's what you save. And when it comes to saving, I think that that means finding the best value for things, you know, as well as saving money isn't putting it away. But, you know, if you can find something for the same price that costs less, that's money you get to keep. A penny saved is a penny earned. Remember that. Don't be like Sully. Don't be on the edge of ruin, even though you might be making 200k a year. Uh, that, that was just one thing I got out of it. I don't even know why it stuck to me so much. I just I was sitting here going, they're going to lose the house? If he doesn't work in a couple months, they're going to lose the house? He doesn't have a couple months mortgage payment put away. He hasn't paid for his house outright yet. He's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And, you know, he he's done thousands of flights. He's been on the job for a long time. He probably should have paid off his house by now. That's just an observation. And I apologize. Uh, money's always a weird topic. But the movie is really good. You will definitely enjoy it if you go see it just for the performances and how well put together it is how crafted it is it's, it's tight it's short it's like an hour 40 no wasted moments no mumbo jumbo good movie i'm gonna give it like three and three quarter mics on the source magazine film meter critics are calling Deepwater horizon the well is blowing out. Masterful. We gotta go right now! Mayday, mayday. What's the ETA on the first helicopter? We got 35 minutes. Yeah. Gotta get to the lifeboats right now. Mark Wahlberg turns in a powerhouse performance. Make sure this man gets off this ring. It's a must-see. I don't okay. wanna die. You're not gonna die. I don't Trust me. Deepwater Horizon. Rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX September 30th. And then the next movie we saw was Deepwater Horizon. It is directed by Peter Berg, and it stars Mark Wahlberg, Gina Rodriguez, Kurt Russell's in it. It's John Malkovich. This is a star-studded joint. It it even has that guy from Mallrats who cannot see the schooner in the painting. The one who is standing there, can't get his eyes to cross the right way. Even that guy's in it, which is great. I I enjoyed this movie a lot. It's a... Real-life tale, much like Sully, it is the story of a deep-water mining operation named Deep Water Horizon, which one day has a terrible accident. The, the I didn't understand the science. They try to explain what's going on. They're not the miners. They are the people that go in there ahead of the miners and probe around for the hole, and I guess they get it, they pop it, then they cork it up and the miners come in, but something happened, the cork came out, I don't know, and it was just a disaster. Everything went haywire, there was explosions, gas explosions, many people lost their lives, and this is their story. I'll tell you what, I would never even set foot on one of these rigs, it just seems so dangerous in the first place. There's machinery, uh, oil... Just everything. It seems just, it seems super scary, man. I, I, just, I could not be, I don't want to be a miner in the first place, but being a deep water miner seems extra dangerous, extra scary. The movie, it really gets a good, does a good job of getting across how 
claustrophobic it is and how just you are out there on your own and if there's trouble, they're not going to be able to get you for at least an hour and that, you know, that's what happens this time. The the whole rig blows and they can't get to him for an hour and an hour, that's a long time. Sit right down right now, look in an hour. Imagine that you're floating at sea amongst fiery oil for that long. The movie is fun. A fun I feel bad saying that a movie where a bunch of people in, you know, the story of a bunch of people who passed away in real life is fun, but it is kind of a fun action movie, and I don't know, what do you want me to say? It is what it is. It it has that Peter Bergian style. Peter Berg did Friday Night Lights, which I loved, and there's like a classic shot in Friday Night Lights where it's two people with their faces right next to each other. He would do this a lot with, uh... Matt Saracen and Julie Taylor. They would really like highlight, you know, her, her, her cute freckles. And it's, it's like he has this way of putting people together in this loving manner. And he manages to do it a few times in this movie between Mark Wahlberg and uh, his wife, Kate Hudson, in like the few minutes they're together. And he, he loves these big panoramic shots of the horizon and... There's a lot of them, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Peter Berg is a good director, but this movie, if you look at it closely, does have a Peter Bergian style. That's a plus. It is presently at 88 Tomatoes right now on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, that's real good. That means like 8.8% of the, you know, out of 10 people who went to see it enjoyed it. I was one of them. Oh, check this out. We're sitting on the aisle, and... You know, it, it's like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Things things are getting hot, and I'm really into it. Like, I'm focused on it. I'm watching intently. It's, you know, I, it's all going down. But out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody come up, you know, into the theater and up the stairs. And then, they, you know, we're on the far opposite side of where they are. And then I see him kind of out of the corner of my eye come into our aisle and start walking down, like walking all the way down. And... They cross across us, you know, they get in front of us, you know, me and the wife, they step on her feet. I have to, you know, move out of the way. And this is, you know, the climax of the movie. And then the guy leans over and he goes, did this movie just start? Did this, is this the beginning? Is this the beginning? And I'm like, no, dude, it's the end. And he's like, what do you mean it's the end? I'm like, it's the end. You know, it's the climax, the end. And he's like, it just started. And I'm like, this is the end, dude. And at this point, I'm going to be like, get out of my face. I'm trying to see whether Marky Mark will survive. And, you know, he, he, I guess he went in the wrong showing and, but he's getting all exasperated. He's like looking around like, what's going on? What's going on? And it's like really taking me out of the ending of the movie. I just about leaned over and pushed him down the stairs. I did not. He finally stepped off for his sake. He did the right thing, but seems like something always happens when I go to the movies, man. I don't know. It's just me. I'm a magnet for for weirdness sometimes. Uh, I give this movie three and a half mics on the source movie meter. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. It is a big screen spectacle. So if you, you know, you got the big uh, home theater set up, it would be good for that. But this is a good one for the theater. You know, I'm not saying rush out to see it or anything, but it was pretty good on the big screen. So with all that said, let's move into the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us Report.
drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, we are back for the final segment of the show, known as the Toys R Us report. So it was recently Force Friday. That's where they put out all the new Star Wars toys at Toys R Us. I didn't go. I blew it. I went to a uh, high school football game instead, like like a dork, like I was trying to live Friday Night Lights for myself. It was fun, though. You know what kids are into? What everybody was doing that was so, so weird. They You, you must have seen this on the internet. You get, like, a water bottle, uh, and there, you know, maybe is a third or so of the water left in there, and you flip it and try to get it to land on its base, you know, like, standing upright, Every freaking kid was doing this. They were all walking around, tossing bottles off stuff, trying to get them to land upright. Uh, I don't know, dude. Uh, seems maybe it might be fun once, but seriously, everybody was doing it like all of the time. They're just flipping, flipping, flipping. Their water bottles like flying by our heads. No one was watching the game. Let me let me tell you about this. I got a brief football story. I, this may be. The only time this this ever happens. So the the team, you know, our team gets the ball. They have the ball, and they, they you know they snap it to the quarterback, and he's running around. He's scrambling. They are all over him. This is also I should mention the homecoming game against the rivals. So they're they're looking to kill guy, and he's scrambling, 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 and he crosses the line of scrimmage. I should mention they're like. They're way back. They're on like the 10-yard line, 15, 20-yard line. I don't know. It was on the other side of the field. I couldn't see exactly. But dude scrambling, scrambling. And then he crosses the line of scrimmage. And he's maybe like five to eight yards in front of uh, the line when he just heave hose like a Hail Mary, like the length of the field. Dude catches it, runs in for the touchdown, and... As soon as they uh, he gets the touchdown, the band is like, and like the mascot with the banners running back and forth, and the cheerleaders run out, and everybody's going bananas. But if you were even paying like the least amount of attention, it's obvious dude ran like so far past the line of scrimmage before before bombing it. But nonetheless, it was an exciting play, and I was stoked. They did they did call it back though. They lost the points. So that's what I was doing instead of being at Force Friday. Uh, I did go the next day. And I will say that for the as far as I could tell, everything was there. I do not think the Force Friday was in effect like the first time with the Force Awakens. Uh, or they stocked it a lot better because they had, you know, the main characters. They had the robots. They had just about everything. It was cool to see... That they also replaced the Force Awakening banners with uh, Rogue One banners. It was nice to see the whole area made up. I, I for one, and I think I'm the only one in the world who feels this way. Just kidding. I think that I'm super stoked about Rogue One. I can't believe that it's coming soon. I, I can't wait to see it. I'm sure it's going to be. 
I'm sure it's going to be a blast. I don't know the names of any of the characters. I might go back and pick up the uh, main character in the three and three quarter inch. Oh, dig this too. When I was over there, there was like four, maybe three Star Wars black rays. I, uh, if you've been following for a while, I hunted this figure everywhere and I never even found him. I have not yet found one. I saw a few at the toy show. I think that's where they all go, but I didn't see any, not, never, at Toys R Us, Target, Walmart, anywhere. I eventually got one. My pal Willie from the uh, Toy Tune podcast sent it out my way, and I appreciate that. Uh, but, man, there they were. I guess it took a whole new movie to come out for them to finally stock the Rays. So, what do you know? Uh I took a picture. I put that on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at ICRobots. I'd appreciate it. Uh, what else? What else is popping? I've seen The Flash and I've seen Arrow. I've seen the premieres. I thought they were both great. I think the Flashpoint Chronicles that they are going to be doing on that show has a lot of potential. Uh, anytime you're going to, you know, bend the timelines and do all sorts of like weird angles, you got a lot of potential for fun stuff. I hope that. I hope they see it through. I have a feeling that they will. I haven't seen Luke Cage yet. I've been too busy over at uh, high school football games, I guess, watching kids toss water uh, bottles in the air. Um, a lot of times with these Netflix shows, a sort of delay gratification. I hold off. I wait. Because there's like so many shows to watch. There's Flash. There's Arrow. Soon there's going to be Supergirl and... Legends of Tomorrow, and there's just so many shows, and I don't see Netflix in my DVR. I gotta go, and, you know, I have to go search out Netflix to watch it, and I just, I tend not to do that for whatever reason, and it doesn't mean I don't love them, because every Netflix show I've seen so far I thought was great. Love Daredevil, love Jessica Jones, I love Luke Cage as a character. As a matter of fact... The next episode of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe is going to focus on Luke Cage. It will actually be out a couple days after you hear this. It should be on the Friday after after this Wednesday, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, I hope you guys listen to This Boring Life, the origin story of IC Robots, one subject at a time. That dropped last Friday. It was over an hour of me talking about dogs. If you like dogs as much as I do, and even if you don't, it's fun. So check that out in in your podcast listings. It should be the one that came out right before this. So dig that. Also check out, make sure to check out the audio handbook about Luke Cage. It's great, dude. I love Luke. I think he's one of the dopest. So I had a fun time recording that. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, that's about it. I, I ate an egg a while ago and I got the burps. I've been suppressing burps the whole time. You might have, uh, you might have got a hint of the odor through your speaker, and I apologize for that. But gonna sign off. This is me, IC Robots. You are listening to the Toys R Us report on IC Robots Radio. This is episode number ninety-six. If you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported station. If you like what we do and we really hope that's the case, please consider becoming a show patron. Go to supportthereport.com for all the details. You can help out for as little as a buck a month. We can't do this without you.